VCY America presents Crosstalk, a nationwide call-in program discussing issues that have an effect on our families, our communities, our churches, our nation, and our world. Crosstalk, an opportunity for you to voice your concerns for biblical principles. And now live by satellite and around the world on the Internet at vcyamerica.org. Here is today's Crosstalk. And we thank you for joining us on Crosstalk here on VCY America. This past Saturday, January 27th, was International Holocaust Remembrance Day. The words never again was associated with lessons learned from the Holocaust that never again would, would such genocidal action take place. Yet on October 7th, 2023, Another genocidal attack was launched against Israel by Hamas, a group that has as its charter to wipe Israel off the face of the earth. As a means of self-preservation, Israel has gone to war against Hamas in an attempt to permanently eradicate the threat. Israel now in its 17th week of this war dubbed Swords of Iron. Even as current uh, as today, though, rockets continue to be launched against Israel. Meanwhile, in the Middle East, three U.S. soldiers were killed and over 30 service members injured by a drone attack upon their outpost in Jordan. Threats continue from Hamas, Hezbollah, and the Houthis. Our guest today represents a ministry who for more than 85 years now has been meeting the spiritual and physical needs of Jewish people. They stand against every form of anti-Semitism and support the right of the Jewish people to live in their ancient homeland. Their ministry serves Jewish people worldwide and are actively engaged in providing bomb shelters for Israelis. Joining us today, we welcome Dr. Jim Showers, Executive Director of the Friends of Israel Gospel Ministry. He leads tours to Israel, is a conference speaker, has served with uh, Friends of Israel since uh, 2002. Dr. Showers, thanks for joining us today. Oh, it's my pleasure. Thank you, Jim. You know, we've got a lot to unfold today, but let me have you comment on International Holocaust Remembrance Day that occurred over the weekend. Uh, tragically, those words, never again of the past, has really been unfolding before our, our very eyes again. They definitely have. And, you know, I just got back from a trip to Israel a week ago. And when I was in Israel, uh, one of our uh, one of the speakers we were with made this comment that October 7th put an end to the cry, never again. Mm-hmm. It was a wake-up call to the Jewish people that they have to ever be vigilant because uh, because of the evil that hates and wants to destroy the Jewish people. So National Holocaust and International Holocaust Remembrance Day is vitally important. We as a ministry began to stand against the Holocaust. Mm-hmm. We began in 1938. To help Jewish people flee the Holocaust, uh, there were Jewish refugees that were escaping uh, Germany and more trying to get out, and it was a group of Christians in the city of Philadelphia that saw that need and said, we must do something to help the Jewish people, and began the Friends of Israel ministry that exists to this day. So, just fresh coming back from Israel, d- describe what you saw there, the, the, the mood, the attitude of the people, the resolve of the issues that are going on between Israel and Hamas, and, well, frankly, other enemies of Israel at this time as well. You know, it's interesting. I was just in Israel the beginning of August, and I there was so much division. Be, because of the judicial reform, um, it, it, everybody had an opinion. Everybody was on one side or the other of that debate. And I kept asking Israelis, what do you think it'll take uh, to put an end to this division in your country? Because I'd never seen anything like it in Israel before. And and nobody had a clear answer. Nobody really knew how this was going to be resolved. And when I was there uh, a couple weeks ago, it, it's turned around 180 degrees. Israel's united uh, they speak with one voice. They have one heart, which is to deal with the uh, perpetrators of this ghastly attack and and put them out of business so they cannot happen again. I, you know, I was there almost four months into this conflict, and I thought maybe by now some of the people would be saying it's time to end the fighting. Mm-hmm. But but nobody says that. Everybody says their fear is that Israel won't finish the job because of international pressure. So they are united in purpose and cause. They are com- completely united in resolve. They understand the importance of making sure that they do everything to prevent anything like this from ever happening again. And, of course, they're, they're dealing with the problem in Gaza. It's costly um, and 
uh, and lives are being killed, but they're doing what they need to in Gaza. The bigger threat right now to Israel is on the northern border hmm. uh, with Hezbollah. Mm-hmm. So, and, and then also, what, what, what is your sense from, from uh, the, the families of hostages? Uh, we've seen reports of their saying that uh, the Israeli leadership is not doing enough to get hostages out. What, what is that sentiment that you experience there? Well, that seems to be more with the families than with the nation as a whole. I, everybody hurts for the hostages. And in fact, we were given a dog tag when we entered the country uh, by our tour company. It was a gift to us. But we saw Israelis wearing these all over. It says, bring them home, to, mm. bring them home now, uh, bring them home now. And that is the sentiment of Israel. They want the hostages returned now. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the same time, they don't want to pay the price of stopping the war before uh, the objectives are completed to get the hostages home. And, and so that's the sentiment of the nation. But the families, listen, if that was your child or my child, we'd be doing everything humanly possible to get them back. Uh, and we would be demanding the government do more. Um, but quite honestly, it's it's not as simple as just saying, bring them back. Uh, it's it's a very complicated issue. Hamas is using them uh, as pawns in, in their scheme, and uh, they have them hidden underground, and the tunnel network underground is so much vast, more vast than anything Israel understood. Israel thought there was something like 500 miles of tunnels. It's now, they've confirmed over 1,000 miles of right. tunnels underground, over 5,000 shafts that go down into them. It's it's very vast and extensive, and it's going to take a long, long time for Israel to clear all that out. So in the meantime, uh, you know, the war continues as Israel's fighting in the south very hard. The north and central is less intense, but down south, uh, the battle's still very strong uh, to get control of Gaza. So it, it is a complicated issue. Everybody hurts. Listen, if you remember in 2006, there was an Israeli hostage uh, uh, that was taken into Gaza, and he was there for months and months. And I happened to be in Israel when they left, when he was released. He was exchanged for prisoners, uh, Palestinian uh, Hamas prisoners. And I remember we, we were at a, uh, a a snack shop. There was a TV on showing the exchange, and every Israeli in there was glued to the TV. They were standing around the TV. They were cheering when they saw him exchanged. And of course, the tourists were just kind of glancing at it and moving on. So it said to me just how much the whole nation feels when there are hostages. Everybody feels it. Everybody is concerned for the hostages and everybody's interested in seeing them returned alive. Dr. Jim Shower is with us here today on Crosstalk, Executive Director of the Friends of Israel Gospel Ministry. Uh, as you're aware, last week, the International Court of Justice held a hearing. Uh, South Africa had accused Israel of committing genocide in Gaza. Uh, tell us about the finding of the court uh, that, that they released. What, what was their verdict? Well, they said they found Israel, uh, you know, guilty to a degree, and yet they did not call for the end of the war. Uh, nor, nor uh, did they absolve Hamas uh, from everything they did. So um, it was kind of a mixed verdict. I think Israel walked away not happy with the verdict, but realizing it could have been a lot worse. Mm-hmm. And, uh, of course, it's it's not a binding verdict, so to speak. It's it's an opinion of a, an international court. I know, uh, you know the Israeli government certainly has some strong statements to make on it. I have just a brief audio clip here from uh, Israel's Prime Minister, Benjamin Netanyahu. Let's listen to what he had to say, and we'll have you comment. Like every country, Israel has an inherent right to defend itself. The vile attempt to deny Israel this fundamental right is blatant discrimination against the Jewish state, and it was justly rejected. The charge of genocide leveled against Israel is not only false, it's outrageous, and decent people everywhere should reject it. On the eve of the International Holocaust Remembrance Day, I again pledge as Israel's Prime Minister, never again. Israel will continue to defend itself against Hamas, a genocidal terror organization. Our war is against Hamas terrorists, not against Palestinian civilians. We will continue to facilitate humanitarian assistance and to do our utmost to keep civilians out of harm's way, 
even as Hamas uses civilians as human shields. We will continue to do what is necessary to defend our country and defend our people. So this is uh, Israel's Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu uh, last Friday. Your your response, Dr. Showers. Oh, I couldn't agree with him more. It's it's not just the right, but the responsibility of every government to protect their citizens. Mm -hmm. And so Israel's response to what Hamas did on October 7th was justified in an obligation of the government and the military uh, to, to remove that threat. And uh, the genocide that occurred was committed by Hamas, not Israel. Uh, in fact, if you follow in the media, this war has has caused the least number of casualties for all the action, all the armaments that have been used. Uh, and so the rate of casualties, particularly amongst civilians, is much lower than a typical war. Israel's been very careful. You wouldn't know that, though, from listening to the national media. Well, no, because they have an agenda, and it it, it isn't in support of Israel. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's also some really extremely alarming news about the United Nations Relief and Works Agency for Palestine refugees in the Near East, uh, suspected of taking part of the Hamas attack on October 7th. One of the hostages recently released revealed how he was held for nearly 50 days in an attic by a teacher from this U.N. organization. Israel National News reported today that about 10% of the employees of this U.N. relief organization in Gaza have, have ties to terrorist group. Countries have now stopped their funding. All of this is rather alarming, Dr. Showers. It's very troubling, Jim, but it's not surprising. We've been hearing rumors for years that UNRWA was supporting Hamas um, and was very one-sided in what they were doing. They're, they're raising up the next generation of Palestinians to hate Israel. Uh, what's really troubling, though, I think right now, is the fact that several of the workers participated in the massacre on October 7th. Yes. Uh, they were a part of the carnage that took place. And they've named 12, but Israel's saying it's many, many more uh, that were involved. Israel knows this because they've captured some of them, and they've revealed what was going on. Uh, and so Israel's been bringing this to the international community's attention uh, for quite a while, but it's been ignored. It can no longer be ignored because they have the hard evidence now. Yeah, and the U.N. Secretary General, uh, Antonio Guterres, is, is said, I mean, countries are falling off as far as their support, and he's saying, you know, you know, we're going to take care of this. Don't stop your funding here. But uh, probably no better thing could happen than to stop the funding for, for ANWA. I'd support that 100%. Yeah. Yes. Friends, you're listening to Crosstalk here on VCY America. We're talking today with Dr. Jim Showers, Executive Director of the Friends of Israel Gospel Ministry. Israel's at war. We're talking tunnels, terrorism, and threats uh, that is going on. Uh, Even today, continued bombing is taking place in Israel. Uh, We're going to take a quick break. And, friends, when we come back, we're going to learn a little bit more about some of the matters that have been unfolding. And and, uh, we've had three U.S. service members killed. And uh, is this war escalating to... uh, to a a larger portion than before throughout the Middle East, and uh, then also uh, a a very uh, powerful means of of dealing with uh, providing protection to Israelis that are providing bomb shelters. We'll be talking more about this matter as well. We'll be back in one minute. You're listening to Crosstalk on the VCY American Network. Back to Genesis with Dr. John Morris, scientist with the Institute for Creation Research. Dr. Morris, has evolutionary science been useful to the world? Chris, you'd be surprised. Evolutionists say that evolution undergirds all of biology, and yet no truly helpful discovery has come from evolution. It is true that many evolutionists have made amazing discoveries, but these are based on scientific observation of the way things are. How they originated is a different question. It seems to me that if evolution were really a theory of everything, as they claim, then it ought to be obvious. They shouldn't have to rely on silly evolutionary stories to make us believe it. Face it, evolution is unbelievable because it's simply not true. Most people are not gullible enough to think that a frog changed into a prince. Creation is a much better answer, and we learn that when we go back to Genesis. Thanks, Dr. Morris. For more information, you can find us on the web at www.icr.org. Yes. 
You're listening to Crosstalk on VCY America. Dr. Jim Schauer is our guest today, Executive Director of the Friends of Israel Gospel Ministry. And uh, Friends, for more than uh, 85 years, has been ministering uh, not only to uh, coming alongside Israel, but also that of teaching and information and really alerting the world to what's really going on in Israel and the Middle East. And uh, Brother Jim, you have a, a, a magazine that, that is entitled Israel My Glory that you're offering to uh, first-time subscribers without cost. Yes, that magazine goes back to 1942 when it was first published, so it's been around for uh, 82 of our 86 years. Mm. Uh, it's it's a great publication. It's an award-winning publication. It has articles about teaching biblical truth. It has information about Israel uh, and things going on in Israel. It is a great, great resource, and we offer it to people with a one-year trial, so people can call in or go to our website and sign up for a free one-year subscription. It's produced every other month, so that would be six issues free. Uh, the phone number, Jim, is 800-257-7843, or our web address is foi.org. That's F-O-I for Friends of Israel, dot O-R-G. And uh, friends, you can stay informed. It's a magazine that comes to my home and uh, really keeps uh, informed on matters going on in Israel, but also what is the Bible's teaching pertaining to Israel? You're going to find many wonderful articles, not not just on news-related issues, but on doctrinal truth there as well. And uh, again, that's foi.org. You may also reach out by phone, one 800 257 7843. So I was just listening to Dr. Showers on the radio. He offered a free one-year subscription to the magazine, Israel My Glory. I'd like to get that free one-year subscription. I reach out to them, 1-800-257-7843. Uh, Dr. Showers, returning back to this war uh, that uh, that now Israel has launched against Hamas. Hamas has right in its charter to to eradicate Israel. Uh, Israel is planning to continue this war as long as it takes. Do you find support from the United States or from this administration waning, at, at least as it you know applies to, to this measure, to take it as long as it's going to take to eradicate Hamas? Well, certainly from American people, support remains very high for Israel. Uh, surveys uh, support that and tell us about that. But with the administration, it's a different matter because administrations are political in nature, and they do things based on what's politically expedient. So uh, with a major presidential election this year, Israel's, Israel uh, needs the United States support, but uh, the current administration is trying to preserve the report amongst those who don't support Israel while still trying to convince others that they are totally behind Israel. Of course, it was troubling to hear that uh, Israel's beginning, or I'm sorry, the U.S. administration is beginning to talk about perhaps holding up uh, ammunition that Israel needs uh, until they stop the the war. So um, we certainly hope that that's not well-founded, that that the administration has been, up until this point, supportive of Israel's efforts to defeat Hamas and to finish the job. Mm -hmm. But... um, uh, I believe, you know, my sense when I was in Israel is that as much as Israel needs the United States and, and wants the relationship with the United States, they're also very committed to finishing uh, the job and, and making Hamas no longer a major threat to Israel. Yeah, and, and the whole Middle East is really a uh, hotbed right now. I mean, just over the weekend, we had three U.S. service members killed, uh, more than 30 additional members injured by a drone attack at their outpost in Jordan. We understand uh, there have been some close to 170 attacks on U.S. military bases so far. Uh, your thoughts on what's unfolding in, in the broader picture in the Middle East? Well, it is a hotbed. It's, it's a powder keg, and it wouldn't take only a spark to set it off. Um, it, in, we're watching, uh, part of the reason I believe that's all the case is because uh, we don't pro- project strength like we used to. Um, and, you know, in the Middle Eastern culture, uh, it's very normal to test. And by testing, I mean to strike somebody to see what kind of response you get. And the kind of response you get tells you everything about whether they're strong or whether they're weak. 
we have not been responding regularly to all these attacks on our bases in the Middle East. Um, and they're, they're being done by proxies of Iran. We know Iran is testing to see how much resolve we have to fight. And uh, unless this administration turns around and begins striking not just the proxies, but th they need to do something to punish Iran, whether that's sanctions, whether that's uh, destroying assets that they have, like refineries and military bases, Something has to be done to communicate to Iran that we will stand up and fight. There is a line, and they are crossing it. But there's another danger, which is the, the northern border of Israel. You know, 80,000 uh, people were evacuated from the border, 80,000 Israelis. And they're living in the center of the country now, and they want to go home. It's mm -hmm. been four months. They want to go home. But the problem is they can't go home until the border's safe. And the only way the border will be safe is for Hezbollah to pull back 20 miles. Israel, if you remember in 2006, the end of the war with Lebanon and with Hezbollah came with a resolution by the UN calling for Hezbollah to re pull all the way back to the Latani River, to be on the north side of the Latani River, which is about 20 miles north of the border with Israel. Um, that was that was agreed to, but was never enforced. And, um, and Hezbollah moved right back into the south, and that's where they are today. We, we, you know, I've been briefed that, that Hezbollah was part of the plan that Hamas carried out. Mm. They were also going to strike Israel. They were going to carry out similar kind of atrocities and, and murder as many Jewish people. And there's more people along the northern border than there is along Gaza. Yeah. So... so it would have been been even worse than what we witnessed in Gaza. Uh, so if you, you know, Jim, if you if you were Israeli and your home was there along the border, you wouldn't go back until you knew Hezbollah could no, not threaten you and your family right. with such an attack. And that is why probably there is a war coming. That war has the potential to escalate into bringing Iran into the conflict and Iran's proxies and, and expanding into Syria. Um, and we, you know, we could find ourselves, as I say, a powder keg that is ready to explode. Uh, and, and this is important to know because as severe as the atrocities were on October 7th, the threat that Hezbollah brings from the north is many times greater than what we have seen even coming from Hamas. Yes, wow. many times greater. They have 150,000 missiles, um, and they're, they have better guidance systems on their missiles. So uh, many of their missiles can be directed within three feet of a target, um, which means this war will be much more dangerous for the Israeli people, not just the military, but the Israeli people than the, the war with Gaza. So prophetically speaking, uh, help us understand what's taking place. It some have compared this to unfolding to what would uh, be, you know, what Ezekiel 38 talks about, uh, so to speak. Uh, we don't know, uh, we can't set dates and so forth, but how do you see things uh, unfolding here as as to uh, what scriptures have talked about this, this animosity against Israel? Well, <clears throat> we know that as things move toward the end of this age, um, that that there's some key events that will take place. I, I wouldn't call this the end times, what we're witnessing now, uh, because not all the events are lined up. For example, Daniel 9 talks about uh, a world leader making an agreement with Israel to provide protection for Israel, and mm -hmm. that is not in place. Uh, that will cause Israel to uh, lay down their weapons and trust this world leader. Certainly that's not the case today. Israel's gearing up for war and not looking for somebody else to come in and fight for Israel. So uh, one of the things we always have to keep in mind when it comes to things prophetic is, as humans, we try to figure out, okay, how does this line up with what saith the Lord? But we do it within the limitations of what we know and understand. And mm -hmm. God can change things in, in an instant that to us seems so far away. I certainly think all of this is getting us closer. You've probably seen alliances coming together. Uh, you know, one of the greater dangers if this thing explodes into a global con or a regional conflict is that Iran's aligned with Russia and China. Yes, yes. And one or both of those nations could step into this conflict. Mm -hmm. So 
Um, you see some of the nations in Ezekiel 38-39 involved in this, um, but you, you don't see that world leader coming into the country to attack uh, the king of the north and then uh, attack the king of the south. And uh, so uh, it, it, it seems to fit somewhat, but not completely, mm-hmm. and that would lead me to believe this is just part of what God's doing to set up for the end. Yeah. But the end could be a ways off. Well, as the, the late Dr. Jimmy DeYoung would say, the stage is being set for Bible prophecy to be fulfilled. And uh, that, that certainly is the case. Uh, Dr. Showers, let me ask you this. I, I know just earlier today, again, sirens sounded, attacks on Israel just have not stopped. And at Friends of Israel, you are actively engaged in the provision of these bomb shelters. I mean, alerts go off. People have, but sometimes just seconds that they have to find shelter immediately. Uh, tell us about what you've got going with Friends of Israel in, in seeking to provide uh, a place of refuge for, for Israelis when, when these alarms and, and sirens do go off. Oh, I'd love to talk to you about that, Jim. So in 2012, um, there was a conflict in the fall, in November, with Gaza, and we created and, and set up for people to donate to a fund we call the Israel Relief Fund. So the Israel Relief Fund receives money that's used to help with humanitarian needs in Israel, and, and one of the greatest things we funded through that are these bomb shelters uh, provide protection. In Israel, since the late 70s, it's been mandated that any homes built have to have a safe room. But all of the homes that were built before that do not have safe rooms. So if there is a siren going off, a threat of missiles, a safe room is a room within a house that's structurally built to withstand uh, the impact of a missile. Uh, But if you live in an older apartment or, or building that doesn't have safe rooms, you're very much at risk if if you take, if the building takes a direct hit from the missile uh, of getting injured by the shrapnel or perhaps killed. So we began working with an organization called Operation Life Shield. It is a Jewish nonprofit headed up by Rabbi Shmuel Bowman, who has become a dear friend of ours. And we work together. We raise the funds, and uh, we we contact Shmuel and say we have money to to put three more bomb shelters in, for example. And, you know, Jim, it's it's amazing to me how many times we've called Shmuel to say that, and he'll say, I just knew you were going to call because I just got a call from uh, this location in Israel, Long Gaza, who said they need three new shelters. My. Now you called, and just, you know, I was just off the phone with them five minutes, and now you've called, and now I know how God's going to provide them. Because he never says no to people with genuine needs, even though he doesn't know where the shelters are coming from. So... Over the last 12 years that we've been doing this, we've been able to place 74 bomb shelters, uh, most of them in the area around Gaza. You think about it. If your kids are out playing, say, soccer, and an alarm goes off, where do they go to protect themselves from missiles? And so we place these shelters by playgrounds, schools, synagogues, stores, public buildings, where people gather so that they do have a safe place to go and protect themselves from missiles whenever the sirens go off. Okay, friends, a quick break here, and we're going to pick up more about these bomb shelters and uh, even how you can be engaged in assisting in the establishment of these bomb shelters as well. Stay with us back in just one minute. You're listening to Crosstalk on VCY America. It happens to many. You go through life on cruise control until the phone rings indicating a tragedy has occurred. Maybe you visit the doctor and receive devastating news. Or perhaps a spouse or family member is suddenly taken. You feel like the rug has been pulled out from underneath you and your life forever changed. What do we do when our normal is gone? In the book, A New Normal, Dr. Les Olala guides the reader through four biblical steps when your normal is suddenly taken away. You'll learn that God doesn't intend to harm you with these events and circumstances, but rather His plan is to perfect you and to strengthen your faith. One copy of A New Normal is available for a donation of $10, three copies for $24, or five copies for a donation of $35. Call 1-800-729-9829. 1 800 729 9829. 
program is called Crosstalk. Comes your way daily here on the VCY American Network. And uh, with us, we have Dr. Jim Showers with us. And uh, he is the executive director of the Friends of Israel Gospel Ministry. And they produce a, a, a wonderful, wonderful public co- publication called Israel My Glory. It comes out every two months. And uh, very timely articles and, and issues that the, the present in their magazine. And uh, they're offering a free copy, uh, well, actually a free one-year subscription to Israel My Glory. All you have to do is reach out to them, say, I heard you on radio, and I'd like to get that magazine. You can call them right now, 1-800-257-7843. That's 1-800-257-7843. You may also go online to FOI.org. That stands for Friends of Israel, FOI.org and uh, sign up for that uh, free one-year subscription of Israel My Glory. It's a powerful magazine and uh, really addresses so many important, timely, and biblical issues uh, through the magazine itself. Uh, We're talking right now in regard to the uh, supplying of of bomb shelters for Israel, and and you indicated that you've provided 74 of these bomb shelters. Uh, I'd like to know, Dr. Showers, what does one of these things cost, and how many people can actually seek refuge in one of these shelters? Two very common questions that I hear. Um, the, the cost depends. <clears throat> excuse me. The cost depends upon uh, the size of the shelter. The, there's a bell-shaped shelter. It will hold 18 to 22 adults, they say. But you know, it's kind of like how many people can you get into uh, a phone booth mm-hmm. uh, when there's motivation to protect yourself from uh, pending uh, missiles. Um, I've been told that there's been 25 or more people that have been able to fit in one of those shelters. So um, it it really provides, it's the mental, as much as the physical, it's also the mental relief that it gives to people to know that they have protection, they're not exposed. Mm -hmm. So um, the cost ranges, so we also have uh, rectangle shelters that hold more people, can hold up to 30 or more people. Uh, so the cost ranges from eighteen to thirty thousand dollars, depending upon the size of the shelter, um, and we size the shelters to the need of the site. Mm-hmm. So if the, if the site needs, you know, for example, children's uh, soccer fields, they may need a larger one, or by a, by a school, they may need a larger one. Where one by a bus stop, for example, a smaller one would be sufficient. Sure. And for listeners who would like to engage in helping with the cost of one of these shelters or contributing toward a cost, how can they do that? Well, we we have the Israeli Fund that um, people can go to our website at foi.org or they can call the 800 number and tell the operator that they want to make a gift toward a bomb shelter. Uh, And we collect money and pull it together, so people don't have to say, "I don't have eighteen thousand." You right. can give fifty dollars, a hundred, five hundred, a thousand, whatever somebody can afford, and that God would lay on their heart. We will put it all together, and that's how we fund these shelters. So over the years, hundreds and hundreds of Christians who love Israel and want to bless Israel have given to this fund. So. Um, the the best way is either to call the hundred number eight hundred. Two five seven seven eight four three, or go to our website at foi.org, foi for Friends of Israel and go to the donation page. Dr. Showers, I know that and these are very needful and necessary items for Israel, but I know your concern goes more than just this this uh, item, yeah, this physical asset. It is also that you're concerned about the spiritual needs of those to whom you're giving these shelters to. How are you incorporating the biblical message of salvation by grace through faith in Christ as as you're engaged in these relief efforts? Well, first of all, our, you know, our motivation and our direction comes out of our faith. Mm-hmm. And the fact that our Savior is, is, a, is a Jewish, um, it, so many Christians tell me they have you know, an affinity, a love in their heart for the Jewish people, and it's because their Savior is Jewish because their Bible was given to them by the Jewish people, written and preserved by the Jewish people, and because God's just put that love there. So we say part of our mission statement is to bring both physical and spiritual comfort to the Jewish people. And when when we begin helping them uh, with 
just everyday needs, they often want to know why we would do this. Why are we different than other Gentiles? Why are we different than other Christians who don't show love and kindness to Jewish people? Uh, And we just are able to explain to them it's because of our love for a Jewish man who changed our lives forever. Mm. Um, And I often take people to, when you say, well, what does blessing Israel look like? You know, we know Genesis 12, 3, God said, I'll bless those who bless you. Uh, That is a promise he made to Abraham as a Gentile that instructs me on how God wants me to treat the Jewish people. He wants me to bless them, and if I do, he will bless me. So what does blessing look like? Um, There is, uh, in Matthew 25, Jesus, shortly before he went to to the cross, he's explaining to his disciples he's coming back. And when he comes back, he's going to judge the nations for the way they've treated the Jewish people. It's it's referred to as uh, separating the goats from the sheep, right? And and so Jesus said when he comes back, he will he will uh, hold court for the nations, and he will say and, and he will say to them, when I was naked, you clothed me; when I was hungry, you fed me; when I was thirsty, you gave me something to drink. When I was a stranger, you took me in. You showed me hospitality. When um, when I was sick, you came and, and, and healed me or helped me. And when I was in prison, you came and encouraged me. Now, they will say to him, when did we ever do that to you? And he says, when you did it to the least of my brothers, you've done it to me. Hmm. We, we, we know the audience there was entirely Jewish. He, he's not... The church hasn't begun yet. It begins in Acts 2. So he's not speaking about the church. He's speaking about the Jewish people. Those are his brothers in the context of what he said. So that tells me how we should be using our our relief funds, how we should be bringing physical comfort. But the physical comfort opens the doors to talk about the spiritual comfort. And I can just tell you, Jim, that just by, for example, being in Israel and doing what we're doing, brings tremendous comfort to the Jewish people. One of the things we hear from Israelis all the time is they feel so alone in this world. They feel like the, nobody in the world cares for them, and they're always being opposed. And then when they meet us and they see that we do truly love them and that we just represent, uh, we're just a small sampling of the Christians that feel the same way, uh, it just encourages them. It brings comfort to them. Uh, and so... Our desire, of course, is that all people would come to Christ, Jew and Gentile alike, yeah. and we are ready and, and always anxious to share what we believe about the Messiah, because it is life-changing, and it has eternal consequences. Friends, I'd like to open our phone lines, and no doubt you have questions you'd like to ask of our guest today, or a brief comment, our phone number to Crosstalk, 800-733-9829. That's one 800 Seven three three nine eight two nine. Uh, certainly, we've talked about uh, Israel being at war, the tunnels, the terrorism, the threats, and also certainly the relief that way of blessing Israel to provide uh, a means of security for them from those who are trying to literally wipe them off the face of the earth. And uh, taking your calls today, our line is open one eight hundred seven three three nine eight two nine to come alongside the Friends of Israel Gospel Ministry. And by the way, uh, many of you hear Chris Katoka on our network every Saturday with their their uh, weekly broadcast and keeping you abreast of matters that are going on. Uh, tune in uh, for that broadcast. But uh, uh, the their magazine Israel My Glory is available. You can also reach out to them to, to participate in uh, the establishment of obtaining a shelter to. Uh, to assist in providing safety uh, to Israelis when those sirens are going off. Uh, but you can uh, contact them, 1-800-257-7843, or go to foi.org. Uh, let's go to our phone lines. We've got Ed calling in from Spencer, Tennessee. Ed, you're on the air. Yes, hello. i like to know this uh, when this destruction of Damascus takes place, it says in uh, Isaiah 17. You think it's eminent, or you think it's more or less pretty much in the future? Well, that's a good question. You know, when it comes to setting the time of things, Jesus said that only God knows the exact time. So we believe God's setting the stage, but we don't know what the showtime is, if you will. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
that is totally God's knowledge, uh, and he has not shared with us the exact time. So we live as if it could be today, right? but realize it could be a ways off. Yeah. Thank you for the call here, Ed. Oop, that is gone. And uh, taking your calls here on Crosstalk, let's go to Amy in Cambridge, Minnesota. Amy, you're on the air. Hello, yes. I'm uh, very interested, along with my church, in showing support to Israel however we can. And so um, my heart especially is concerning the evangelistic efforts, and I'm wondering if uh, your guest could uh, go into detail about what's, how specifically uh, do they evangelize. I know you were talking about the support, the shelters, and mm-hmm. that sort of thing, but I'm wondering, is it mainly by way of gospel tracts, or is it person-to-person evangelism? So I'll hang up and listen. Thank right. you. Thank you, Amy. Dr. Showers. Yes, so we have staff who are sharing the gospel, uh, not just in Israel, but in, um, in around the world. Friends of Israel is a worldwide organization, and we we operate in over 15 countries, and so our we we work through our staff to establish relationships and to share our faith with others, and we are seeing people come to faith. Um, you know, faith is a personal decision, and our responsibility is to be faithful to sharing the gospel and and sharing our belief in why Jesus is the Messiah, and each person must then choose what they do with that. Thank you for the call. Our number here, 800-733-9829. John in Las Lunas, uh, New Mexico. You're on the air. Hi. Uh, thank you for taking my call. Uh, uh, sir, I appreciate it. Uh, my question is, uh, in, in regards to the idea that perhaps these aren't necessarily the end days or, or what have you, uh, what, what is your view, sir, in reference to Matthew 24 when he says, you see these things, uh, know that that day is approaching. Know that these these are the beginning of sorrows. Because we've seen, I mean, we've seen pestilence with the COVID. I mean, we see wars and rumors of wars. Mm-hmm. I mean, we we see uh, uh, we see the earthquakes. He talked about earthquakes. Really speaking about these this really bad weather that we've been having with the hurricanes, the tornadoes that okay. are more frequent. And Tell you what, ever. John, I think we got your main point, and we only have 45 seconds to our next break. So, uh, Dr. Showers, uh, is what we're seeing today fulfillment of, of that passage in Matthew, or is that something future and, and, and we're feeling the birth pangs at this time? I, I think the overall fulfillment is yet future. You know, he talks about things are going to happen, and yet the end is not here yet. Mm-hmm. And so, I, you know... This is why we say stage setting, we, we see God lining things up, but we cannot get into the arena of saying that um, that means that it's going to happen any moment, uh, right. like it's it's right around the corner, because while there's a sense it may be around the corner, uh, you know, you can go back, for example, to World War II and, and find messages that pastors preached that the end was right around the corner. So. Right. Very good. It's, as you mentioned earlier, live expectantly. It could be today. Yes. Quick break here, friends, and we'll come back to more of your calls here on Crosstalk. Uh, I have a couple, couple open lines right now, 800-733-9829. That's 800-733-9829. If you missed the point of contact for Friends of Israel, we'll give that after the break here as well. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. For the Worldview Report, I'm Brandon House. Our website is worldviewreport.com. A startling new poll shows that 67% of young people, 18 to 24 years of age, believes that the Jews are a class of people that oppress others. 67% believe that. They're buying into the anti-Semitism. Well, as they get older in age, they reject that lie. Those that are 55 to 64, 85% say that's a lie. 65 plus, 91% say it's a lie to believe that the Jews are a class of people that oppress others. They say that's a false ideology. Why is it that those who are 65 years of age and older, that 91% don't buy this lie? One word, education. When it comes to our churches and our young people, it's, I think, what's being taught from the pulpits. Are our churches teaching the truth about the Jewish people? I pray they are.
Dr. Uh, Jim Shower is with us here today on Crosstalk and uh, taking your calls, 800-733-9829, 800-733-9829. Talking certainly about the uh, current happenings in Israel. Certainly we've uh, talked about the uh, matter of the Holocaust Remembrance Days just uh, having passed over the weekend, uh, the continued attack that's going against Israel, uh, statements that are coming and matters that are unfolding very quickly with the uh, UNRWA, the United Nations Relief and Works Agency, uh, that uh, my worker is engaged actively with October 7th uh, terrorist attack uh, and uh, so much more, as well as talking information about the bomb shelters that, that Friends of Israel Gospel Ministry is helping through gifts of individuals to to uh, get to Israel and to provide this uh, shelter, this uh, safety mechanism uh, when those sirens are going off. Uh, also, we mentioned their magazine, Israel My Glory. Uh, whether it's helping with the shelter or if you're calling for that magazine, you can do so 800 257 7843. Or you can go to uh, online, foi.org. Let's go right back to the phone lines. Holding the longest is Jim in South Dakota. Hi, Jim, you're on the air. Yes, hi. Um, First, I'd like to uh, remind everyone to pray for the loss of the American soldiers Mm -hmm. and all of their families. Yeah. And secondly, um, I, I have a long history I am not Jewish, but I have a long history. I was engaged to a Jewish girl in um, graduate school, mm-hmm. and uh, very close with their family out in New York City. And um, there is no way that this uh, abomination on the Jewish homeland would happen if it wasn't a plan. They were so... They were Holocaust survivors. There is no way on God's earth this could ever happen without it being a planned format. Are you saying planned from within Israel? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Dr. Shower, is your response to that? Uh, I don't know if I totally understand the question, but it was a very well-planned event by Hamas. Uh, the, the you know the attack on October seventh was well coordinated and um, it, it was it didn't happen overnight it didn't happen a couple weeks before they had been planning it for months with great detail uh, many of the workers that that were given work permits in uh, from Gaza that came into Israel provided the information about locations and maps and and information on what buildings were used for various functions that gave Hamas all the intelligence that they used to plan this in great detail. And um, it was done very efficiently. Uh, There's a lot of reasons why Israel was caught uh, asleep, if you will, when this happened. Uh, Over-reliance on technology uh, happening on a holiday when when the army's down to a minimal staff. It was uh, just a number of things. But Bottom line is it was very well planned by Hamas if he's so if the question is was it planned by Hamas, yes. It was it question well, is was it I think the implication no. I think the implication he was making is that there were insiders from within Israel, whether it be through government or military or whatever, that were working alongside them with Hamas to orchestrate this taking place. I've, there is no evidence of that. And mm-hmm. um Listen, uh, is Israel in the, you know, Hamas had a strategy of uh, keeping things relatively quiet to give Israel false hope that peace was possible. Uh, And so Israel reciprocated with allowing more of the Gazans to get work permits to work in Israel where they can get uh, a greater income. So there were a lot of Gazans working on these kibbutzes and bases where they got information about um, the function of, of the facilities, what goes on in each building, where people live, all kinds of information. They drew maps, and Hamas collected all that to plan their, tri- their trip. So the inside would simply be people from Gaza who got information through their businesses, through their employment uh, in Israel, and then gave that back to Hamas. Okay. Jim, any further comment? This guy is a clown. Okay. Well, um, he has certainly uh, has been an insider as far as Israel is concerned in many trips there, and and uh, that's certainly your perspective. But, uh, Dr. Showers, I'm, I'm confident uh, your sources within Israel are 
would certainly contradict what the caller from South Dakota is saying. Yeah, I, I mean, we were just with political geopolitical analysts who, um, you know, they explained it totally as I was explaining it. That sure. It was, uh, people from Gaza who collected that information. Dr. Jim Schauer is with us. Uh, we've got just two minutes left. I'd like you to comment as well on the anti-Semitism that we are seeing throughout the United States, the pro-Palestinian rallies and so forth. Uh, uh, your thoughts on the escalation we're seeing, especially on the university and college campuses? Well, it's troubling. Uh, and, you know, I think people deceive themselves into thinking that because of the Holocaust, the anti-Semitism is... is um, diminishing and then something like this happens and we see it come to the forefront and we're shocked by how rampant it is, uh, how um, how many people are expressing anti-Semitism. But we understand when we read the Bible, anti-Semitism comes out of, um, he, he, out of the conflict between God and Satan. Hmm. Uh, Satan's, Satan's desire is to eliminate Israel because his judgment goes through Israel. So... Um, and we read about, you know, in the Bible, that in Psalm 83, we read the enemies of God are the enemies of Satan. Uh, and, you know, we, we see how uh, at different times in human history, there's been attempts to wipe out the Jewish people. Hmm. To me, that's all satanic uh, activity that's influencing men uh, to, to attack Israel. So why there is no rational human explanation for why century after century, millennia after millennia, the Jewish people are hated. No other nation has been consistently hated like the Jewish people. And I think it has to be understood in spiritual terms, not just in human terms. Yeah. Overriding it all is this conflict between God and Satan. Dr. Jim Showers, Executive Director of the Friends of Israel Gospel Ministry, thank you so much for being with us on the broadcast today. Thank you. It's been my pleasure. Great. And stay on the line for just a moment, if you would. Friends, again, you can reach out, request the magazine Israel My Glory uh, at foy.org, foy.org. Their phone number is 1-800-257-7843. That's 800-257-7843. Also, that uh, same means of contact, you can get engaged with the Israel Relief Fund. Also, that is... uh, Uh, that is uh, put together here by the Friends of Israel Gospel Ministry. Friends, we thank you for joining us here on Crosstalk today with a reminder to pray for the peace of Jerusalem. Thanks for listening. You've been listening to Crosstalk via satellite and the Internet from VCY America. Views expressed may or may not be those of this station. For a CD of today's program, send a donation of $6 or more to VCY Tape Ministry, 3434 West Kilbourne Avenue, Milwaukee, Wisconsin, 53208. Or download by RSS or podcast from crosstalkamerica.com. And join us again for Crosstalk. Crosstalk.